your source for everything paranormal, Para-X. The views expressed and the opinions given by the individual host and their guests do not necessarily reflect those of Para-X, its affiliates, or its sponsors. gather to shine light on the mysterious and misunderstood aspects of the paranormal world. We bring to the table years of experience as mediums, healing channels, and paranormal investigators. We share true stories from our experiences to dispel fear where we can and help you discover the amazing layers that make up the paranormal world. You are invited to gather around the metaphysical table with us and discuss the worlds of the unseen on The Gathering Radio Show. Welcome to The Gathering Radio Show here on the Para-X Radio Network. My name is Heidi. And I'm Stephanie, and welcome to this Tokatai Tuesday. Oh, yes. That sounds so fancy. (laughs) It is. It is. And we are a little late getting on because we're just having a few technical difficulties. We're thinking perhaps it's the full moon, but we don't know. (laughs) (laughs) We'll blame it on the full moon right now. (laughs) I like that. I like that. Um, We're having a little issue getting our, our guests on. And Howard has said that he found the setting on his phone. So if we can try to get a hold of him again, I don't know, Sarge, how you work that. Or if we just need to bring him on at the half, that's okay, too. Um, but we'll just take a couple of minutes and say hello, everyone, and welcome into the show. And Heidi, how are you? I am excellent and busy, as always. How about yourself? Yeah, same, same. But I'm super excited about our show tonight. I am too. This is going to be a lot of fun. And yes. we do have one of one of our guests is on tonight, mm-hmm. Steph. So why don't you take it from here and then we'll hopefully get Howard in as well. Yeah. So for weeks, so let me preference this by for weeks now, we've been talking on the show, just, you know, little snippets about, about Togatai and the orcas and bringing her back home to the Salish Sea, which is something that oh my gosh, has been in my heart for just ever since I started going out there. And um, there's a really big movement right now for a lot of reasons. And our first guest that we have on this evening, how we'll get Howard Garrett on too. He's with the Orca Network. But right now we have Raynell Morris with the Lummi Nation. Hi, Raynell. How are you? I'm good this evening. Thank you for having me on your show. Oh, thank you for taking the time out to be on. So can you tell us a little bit about Tokatai and, and what she means to you and, and the Lunny Nation and all of the coastal peoples? Yes, I do want to make a point of clarification. When I'm speaking to you uh, tonight, I am speaking as Gila Hela, Lummi Chuxum. I am a Lummi Nation tribal member mm-hmm. and a Lactmish matriarch. So I don't speak for our tribal government. I speak for myself and my family. Mm-hmm. And okay. we each here at Lactamish and Lummi Nation have our own Shalangan, which is what's been taught to us from our families, our way of life. But what we do share in common is our beliefs and our relationship to Quithalmachan which is the southern resident killer whales. Quithalmachan means our relatives under the waves. So we speak to them as our family and we take care of them as our family. So when one is ill or hungry or taken away from the family, much like our Indian children were in resident boarding schools, that's the same with Tokatai. Her lummy name is Skelly Chaktanat. She was also taken when she was four years old. Yeah. Um, 
uh, horrific, and and so were many many other babies taken from the whales at that time. Am I right? Yes, there there were several, but of that particular roundup in 1970, Skelly Chucknut is the only living survivor of that roundup. And she's something. She has an amazing spirit to have survived for this many years in the smallest orca pool in the world, I think. Am I correct? You are correct. She has been in Miami for 52 years. We believe now that she is 56. But her mother, Ocean Sun, from the Elpod, is still alive. And we believe she's 93. What? So in our way, we believe she's got at least 37 more years uh, to live her life, her way with her family, um, free here in her natal waters in the Salish Sea. I'm I'm shocked at how old her mother is for... uh, I I mean, it's beautiful. I didn't know that they lived that long. Um, I knew that they were... They, they lived long, but not, I guess, that long. That's amazing. Yes, and, and our family and community society structure is the same as Klippalmachin. She is a matriarch. Her mother, Ocean's son, is a matriarch of the Alpod. And so this is the kinship that she and I share as I'm the matriarch here for the Lactimish people in, in my family. So the need to reunite a family is our sacred obligation to do, is to bring them back together because we're told by our ancestors when we heal the Salish Sea, we heal Quathalmachan, we heal salmon, we heal our people as well. That's been told to us and given to us to do this work. Wow. That's, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. It is. Do you, th- I'm curious if you think that her family knows that she's still out there. Yes. I believe just like as I'm a mother and a grandmother that I can sense when my son is doing really well or when he's, not doing well. I can feel that with about my grandchildren. You know, when you have that um, that sense that you better call and check on them or you better stop by. Mm-hmm. We believe that same uh, connection is shared between their families, between a daughter and a mother, you know, a mother and her mother, so daughter, grandmother, that those linkages spiritually and energy are shared. Yeah, that's amazing. I yeah, I believe that too cuz I yeah. think we as mothers know when our children are hurt or whatever. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? It's just intuitive, you know. And uh, I would think that the reverse would be the same then too that yeah. she knows her family is still waiting for her. Right? Yeah, we've um, carried messages from her family to her in Miami. We have um, done ceremonies for her. We've prayed with her. We've told her to ready her spirit, to get healthy, um, be ready, we'll be back, we're coming back. And we've apologized to her for taking so long to come back, but she's not forgotten. We believe she knows this. We've been advocating for people that love her and her family all around the world to continue to pray for her, to send her that hope and loving spirit to get healthy and get strong. Wow. And, and you know, the, this has been going on, uh, Raynell, for for years. I mean, ever since she was taken pretty much. And, um, and it's, it's just amazing that now this time has come, you know, this aquarium has said 
absolutely not. They're not letting her go. But now this aquarium has been purchased by a different company and they're kind of, they're kind of agreeing to this. Am I right? If, is, if all things go well. What they have agreed to, and there is a beautiful partnership that has just been formed and it's led by Pritam Singh, uh, you know, from the East Coast. He has put together a nonprofit called the Friends of Lolita. There are five board members, including myself. Friends of Olita have gone to the mayor of Miami and to the Dolphin Company. We now have an agreement between these three parties to send in independent third-party vets to go in for skeletoxanut and do a comprehensive health and behavioral exam. The mayor of Miami-Dade County, she has said, she wants full transparency as Skelly Chuck is a public figure and that she will make this health report um, available to the public. So this is huge that this uh, partnership is formed and working together on step one, get the independent third party that's in there. The second huge news that came just a couple of weeks before that, if not just a week before that, is the USDA licensing letter that I'm going to simplify it because I know there's, you know, all sorts of different levels of folks listening. But in our way, what the letter said is they have essentially retired her and her dolphin friend that's been in the tank with her. They have told the dolphin company that they cannot uh, have her perform in the public. They cannot use her to generate revenue. They cannot use her in social media. So what does this all do when you put these two wonderful movements together is to allow her the best medical care and continued care and the time to begin to heal. That's perfect. So I was reading an article about what you're talking about with how she's not able to perform or be used in any uh, media, which means they can't make money off of her anymore. Is that correct? Correct. Which then she becomes a big expense without any revenue coming in to cover that expense, correct? Well, um, this isn't my words, this is the Western way. The Dolphin Company is a for-profit corporation. And the animals at Miami Sea Aquarium are assets. Mm-hmm. And when the USDA retired her, my way of looking at it would be that she then becomes a non-earning asset then is what on a books of a corporation, a liability. This is just my interpretation. Mm-hmm. This has not been said by the nonprofit or by the Dolphin Company. This is my interpretation that this is part of the value of them coming to the table with Friends of Lolita and with the mayor because Friends of Lolita is paying for this um, evaluation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So then I would imagine, I'm, I'm thinking the same thing you're thinking then, it would be a little easier, maybe, hopefully, to let her go if they're not mm-hmm. going to make money off of her. Like you said, she's not an asset anymore that they can utilize, you know, under a business right. structure. And I, I can't speak to that because I'm in this new partnership and it includes the Dolphin Company. Mm-hmm. But what we are so pleased that they have done is agreed to step one, mm-hmm. agreed to bring in vets for her. Mm-hmm. It's everything we've been asking for quite some time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's amazing. And it's exciting. It's like 
wow, it's like big news because nothing like this has ever happened in all the years I've been following this, you know? So this is very cool. Um, so we're, we're applauding the Dolphin Company to come to the table to be a partner. We're applauding the mayor of Miami-Dade to take a leadership role in this. And Pradim Singh, Prince of Lolita, for bringing this five-person board together to do this work. And just to just to make clear, those listening, we started out talking about Tokatai, and then she does have uh, what is the name that you call her right now? I have a hard time with that one. Well, it's a Lakshmish name. It's Lummi Thompson, so it's in our language, mm-hmm. and it's Skelly Chaktanat. It's beautiful. Which is uh, her whole family is Skelicha, mm-hmm. which is the area, the village site of where this occurred. So her family has a Lemmy name, Skelicha. Skelichaktana is the female version of the family name in Lemmy Chaktana. And it's beautiful. It is beautiful. But for those of you listening, so she's also talking about Lolita. Lolita is the same. So when they brought her to Miami, I believe they gave her the stage name Lolita. And so Correct. people know her by that. That's what they call her in Miami. And she's she's a very beloved part of Miami. And now the, there's a huge movement down there to bring her back home, right? I mean, there's people there with signs every day at this aquarium, right? And talking about get her home and all this stuff. They would... Um, it's just, I mean, it's just, it's just amazing, um, you know, all of the people who love her there as well, who love Lolita. So, are you? And it's work- not just people in Germany; it's all over the world. It's Germany, yes. it's Australia, it's New Zealand, it's England, it's London. I have to apologize. I have neighbor dogs that don't like the other neighbor dogs in the yard. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Territorial thing happening here. Yeah, no worries. We we all have animals, and every once in a while, they make an appearance on the show. <laughs> um. So yesterday, I noticed, or was it yesterday or the day before, that there was a picture of a crane over Lolita's tank. So, and is, are we thinking that they're getting her ready? Maybe. Well, I won't speculate on that. I don't have any uh, factual information Mm -hmm. as to what the crane is doing there or what it's being used for. So Mm -hmm. I think it would be unjust to speculate to the listeners. Yeah. Yeah. But this is exciting times, don't you think? I think, I think, I think she'll come home. I really do. So we have a question in the chat. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Well, in in the work that I do, I take guidance from our spiritual uh, leaders here at Lactamish, but I also am given messages from ancestors and believe that this is part of their work. The positive changes, the cooperation we feel as ancestors working to clear her path, and we're forever grateful to the guidance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just awesome. What were you going to ask, Heidi? Well, we have a question in the chat room that um, let's say she is moved and she can go back home. Would she be? Would she? Could anybody replace her? Would that happen? It's not allowed anymore, is it? Or, or. So there would be no whales there then at this aquarium, correct? This this is only um, you know my view. I am I don't speak for the dolphin company or friends of but My personal view would be no, there would not be another orca to replace her in all the parts that the dolphin company has. 
This is just my analysis. They don't own any orcas. They're they're dolphins. So, um, my belief is that no, they would. She would not be replaced with another. Good. Yeah, that is that is good news. Um, and you know, my question is: so she's been in this tiny tank with her dolphin friend. We think maybe the dolphin friend can come with her. I mean, what's going to happen to her or him? Well, you know, that's part of the evaluation process, Mm -hmm. you know, to evaluate the behavior. Are they friends? They're different species. Right. So there's, you know, that evaluation needs to happen. Yeah, I I imagine so. Um, Yeah, and like Karen is saying, keeping keeping dolphins captive is horrific as well. It is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. all of these are. And, you know, since the movie, since the documentary Blackfish came out, people's eyes have really been open to this whole situation, you know, and something that those of us who love the orcas have known for many years. Um, don't orcas typically kill dolphins? Uh, I don't believe so. I think that's that might be a... a question for Howard when he's on here in a few minutes. Um, Raynell, do you know the answer to that? Because I think orca whales are like the biggest of the dolphin family, if I'm correct. I could be wrong, but I don't know that they kill, but they might. The transient orcas I have seen uh, grab porpoises. So, yeah, could be. Yeah, I I don't um, feel comfortable answering that because I don't have any um, knowledge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we will ask those more technical questions to Howard <laughs> because he's um, has more experience in that um, area. Um, yeah, there's tons of questions out here. We have a lot of people in the chat room, so I'm guessing there's a lot of people listening, which welcome in. Um, and we are currently talking with Raynell Morris of the Lummi Nation and Howard Garrett from um, the Orca Network will be on with joining us in just a couple of minutes. And so we are going to go to our two-minute break, and we will be back in two minutes. This is the Gathering Radio Show on the Para-X Radio Network. Geek ladies Sean and Victoria from Exploring the Paranormal with Geeks Paranormal are at it again with another amazing season full of paranormal celebrity interviews with amazing guests and stories of haunted locations and so much more. You will hear it first on Para-X. Tune in Wednesday nights, 8 p.m. Central. You will not be disappointed. with Cat Paranormal of Minnesota. And I'm Jerry Ayers with Supernatural Investigators of Minnesota. And together, we are The Calling. Every Wednesday night, 7 p.m. Central Standard Time and 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, only on ParaXRadioNetwork.com. at home, at work, or anywhere. Thanks for making Para-X part of your day. Your source for everything paranormal. Para-X. Welcome back to the Gathering Radio Show here on the Para-X Radio Network. And we have two guests with us now. We have had Raynell Morris on with us for the first half hour of our show. And we do have Howard Garrett with us now for the second half as well. 
And uh, welcome, Howard. You're with the ORC Network, and we're super glad to have you in for the back half of our show because we have a lot of questions for you today. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. I wish I could have been here for the whole thing. <laughs> we'll just have to have you back. Yes, absolutely. Yes. As things heat up, you know, for sure, we'd love you both to come back as new developments happen and, and all of these things. Good. So, I'm sure they will. Well, and this is exciting. We have so many people in the chat room, Howard, and so many questions um, to ask you um, specifically. But we're so happy you're here, first of all, can I just say. And this is such an exciting time. You know, you and I have been chatting for years and years and years about this. So now it's like, wow, it might be happening. You know what I mean? It is going to happen. Yes. Yes, some really dramatic developments have happened starting last August, really, and then building and building and building. And now everyone is, is sort of waiting in this eager anticipation for the next step. But it looks like everything is falling into place. So, yes, I think it's finally happening. It's so exciting. It's so exciting, you know. And, yeah. Uh, you know, for those listening, too, so there is a Facebook page, and I will, it's the Orca Network Tokate page, Lolita Tokate page, and every Sunday, you guys have what you call Toki TV, and you kind of talk about different things, uh, but especially what's yes. going on in this now, and it's fabulous. I try to catch it when I can. I, I, I'm not there every week, but a lot of weeks I am, and it's very fun. Yes, well, good. Everyone is invited. Uh, we're we're thankful. We are we are making it more of a prayerful kind of a thankful expression of, of gratitude for getting this far and for for Toki herself. I mean, I like to try to bring the conversation back to her because she is so amazing, so incredible to be. I think so, so patient and so resilient and so strong and courageous. And, and, uh, so we, we try to focus on her and just being thankful for everybody that is helping. That's so cool. Um, so Heidi, do you want to ask a couple of the questions that people have been asking? Yeah. Um, let's get back. We've, we've got to scroll back here. Um, well, I'd like to know as I'm looking for some other, um, questions that are in the chat room here that, you know, what specifically uh, the groups that are trying to get her back, like you mentioned that this is, there were some developments that started in August. I mean, what are some of the just overview of steps? Because we've had some people join us uh, partway through the show, show as well. Just some of the steps, if you could overview that uh, recently um, that have made some changes towards this possibly happening. Okay. Well, in August, uh, two things happened. Uh, one was that a, a USDA inspection report was released. It actually happened way back last uh, May, but uh, it was released and it was scathing. It was a, a terrible report of of uh, bad practices, of basically no protocols, of who knows who is in charge, or you know, it just seems that the water and the food quality and 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 the behavior and the overall supervision and oversight were just completely lacking. So it was a damning report. But at the right about the same time, uh, the dolphin company announced that they intended to buy this aquarium. It wasn't done yet, but uh, it was on track for them to purchase the whole park, which meant talking to new people. Um, and we didn't know what their attitude would be, but it would be different and, and much better than a holding company based in Sweden that we were dealing with before that. So uh, that sort of gradually uh, changed the attitude in, and, uh, of the, the park and the people and, and the sort of the, the, the prospects, the hopes that she would finally get out of there. And then more recently, um, a group has formed uh, called the Friends of Lolita uh, that uh, is an entity that is behind the scenes at this point, more or less, except that they did come out in a press conference uh, and talk to people. 
that was March 26th, uh, and announced that the first step would be taking place very soon, and that would be an examination, which everyone agrees needs to be done first to just assess her health. Basically, I think she'll get a clean bill of health, but that has to be done first. And then the next steps, but nobody wants to talk about what they are exactly because uh, we need to have that first step taken care of first to make sure that she is healthy and fit for travel. Um, All indications are, you know, and it's really only visual and indirect for me, you know, I'm 3,000 miles away, but uh, the mayor, uh, Cava, and Commissioner Regalado, uh, have gone in and were, you know, allowed to to have uh, up close and personal quality time with her, and I think they came away a bit changed. <laughs> Toki does her magic, you know. She looks you in the eye, and and it's been said by people that she looks into your soul, and I think they came away feeling like they knew her and that she knew them. <laughs> um, better than than they could have imagined and they also said that uh, she looks fine she looks healthy she's in good spirits and all the videos you know looked like she's just swimming around normal and she's very responsive and and uh you know she's got her appetite and she's kept all her teeth all these years you know she she's looking good and i think she is ready to come back of course that has to be assessed by the uh, veterinarians, but um, I think that the next step will follow that one when it's done, and that'll be hopefully very soon. And this is such good news, because Howard, last time you were on our show, and I I think it must have been a year ago, last fall, you told us about someone who had went down there to make the trip to this aquarium to to see Toki, and that she was kind of lethargic, you know, she was lethargic and she just wasn't herself. So this is good news, right? I mean, yes, it you is. were very concerned on that show and it, my heart just sank when you, talk, you talked about that. Well, I was. That was a, a volunteer, Rachel Anderson, who went there and spent three days, uh, went to two shows a day, so six shows, and she went in early and stayed late every day and tried to have her own quality time but of course, you know, it's very loud and, and the trainers and employees are running around and shooting everybody. So it's hard to have that. But she did have some just, you know, person to person, really, you have to see it that way with Toki. And and I got the feeling that Toki wanted to interact and wanted to play and wanted to build that relationship and that trust. And, and uh, so that told me, that she's still got that spark. She still wants to relate and, and trust, and, and she's not withdrawn. She's not doing any of the sort of the, you know, stereotypy, uh, catatonic, uh, you know, like repetitive behaviors or self-destructive banging her head or anything that a lot of whales do. A lot of orcas yes. in captivity get to that state where they just, they lose it. They And, and she doesn't. She still has her her integrity her her identity her herself you know she's intact and uh i i i think that you know rachel showed that but she had uh well she saw a lot of downsides and i think she saw more than there really was in some sense you know she thought the dorsal had flopped over and i i really didn't see that it was any different Uh, She thought that she was sunburned and that, you know, can be just sort of, you know, normal skin tones. Yeah. So I I think Rachel was, you know, she's so concerned because she cares so much about Toki. Mm -hmm. But I really didn't see that that uh, there were really any really bad signs even even back then. And that was November of 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, so she's still now she's her color, her, her white and black contrast, you know, her, her skin look and, you know, it just, she looks good and she's acting good. I think. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. That is really good news. That is super news. Um, mm-hmm. wow. Jokes. It chokes me <laughs> up. 
Um, so, okay, we do have a question for Raynell, and, and Howard, you can chime in as well. But um, this listener has asked this question, what has, I, I don't know how to pronounce this name, so Preetam Singh committed to help fund, specifically will he help fund phase two of the current fundraiser, or can you guys even divulge that information? I don't know. Uh, what I can say is Pritam Singh is a man of many resources, and he is committed to Skelly Chaktanat and the work that he's done quite quickly by putting together a five-person nonprofit board and has been able to help facilitate this partnership between the mayor of Miami-Dade and the Dolphin Company is the best thing that could happen for Scully Tuxnut. So she's committed you know, to facilitating this for us and has the financial resources and the political connections and the spiritual desire to take a leadership role in Mhm. And that's awesome. It is awesome. He his his spirit as an individual is is just sparkly. Mhm. That's so cool. He is just hmm. so amazing and I'm just so grateful that he's now a friend of Scully Chaktanan. Mm-hmm. I love it. I absolutely love it. Um, so Karen in our chat room is asking, how long does this medical assessment take? Howard or Raynell, either one? Well, what I, what I can say, and I'm sure Howie um, has, you know, some historical experience, but I do know it can take quite some time if, they're going to look at, you know, past health and behavioral records and then do current labs, you know, and other examinations. You know, I'm not saying it was, uh, we don't have a time that's been put on it other than what's necessary to ensure that it is comprehensive and complete. Yeah. Well, yeah, I would only add that uh, with Keiko, uh, they tested for every pathogen that they knew. And this was a team of six uh, veterinarians and pathologists. And and so they, they tested for everything. And, and the, there were 48 pathogens that they tested for. So that would take some time for every one of them to go to the labs and get the thorough analysis. So uh, I, I, I don't have a time frame, but I expect it would take uh, some you know, a few weeks probably yeah. to get full results. Well, and that's testing for a lot of things. And I think Keiko right. had a clean bill of health, didn't he, Howard? And I mean, he was any yes. He was an even he, smaller tank in Mexico. Oh yeah. Oh, and he was very sickly. Oh, he was. He was yes. close close to the end. They 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 rescued yes. him just in time, and got him into uh, you know a much larger tank that was filled with natural seawater yeah uh, it was it was uh, you know ionized rather than chlorinated so uh it was you know good healthy natural water that he was in and room to move around and he you know came right back to life i yeah. mean he, he he improved greatly the lesions on his body the uh morbillivirus it disappeared uh and uh, he he just he got so much better right away, even in that tank. And then when he went to Iceland, uh, his spirits kicked up another notch, and he explored all over the place. And he disappeared <laughs> from the yeah. trainers. They tried to call him back, and and he was more interested in his surroundings. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And and his story, he was a very successful. It was a success for him. But with him, we didn't know who his family was, right, Howard? So, right, yeah. He, so, 
yeah. So he 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 never was able to rejoin or or be adopted by you know mm-hmm. any wild whales uh, because he, you know orcas depend on their their families, their immediate families, their their mothers, their matriline, their brothers and sisters, and and they're you know they're just not going to adopt a male that they don't know you know or any you know whale from another place that they don't know so he couldn't you know integrate with them and join and forage and just become you know one of them until he met his immediate family and there are hundreds of whales all around iceland and he only met you know a few on the south end and he didn't happen to meet up with his mother so he never never uh, socially integrated but but here's what I say. What a fabulous last couple of years of his life that he had, right? And oh, yeah. He ended up in Norway, right, in Tacnus Bay, and, you know, he, he unfortunately yeah. passed away. But, um, well, well, physically, he came right back. I mean, he, he, he was in, in really good shape, and, you know, he swam across the North Atlantic, and he fed himself. He caught his own food on the way, and showed up in good shape and, I mean, tired, but, uh, you know, he hadn't lost weight and um, he looked good. So, I mean, he was fully competent to, to you know, to be a wild whale. He just didn't have that social connection. And orcas are absolutely social. They need their families. They need to be part of, you know, a pod and a culture and a family. And he never was able to get that again. But he was a success. So, you know what yeah. I'm saying is, and he was very young when they took him, I think, like way younger than Lolita, than Tokate was. Um, I believe so, yes. So, Toki had many more years of being with her family to learn how to survive and hunt and, you know, remember them by. That's um, right. So, wow, the chances for her. And, you know, I just remember Springer Springer from several years ago. They found her sickly and almost dying and down by Seattle, correct? And they brought her back up to the north. And she's great. Mm-hmm. She's great now. She's got babies and, you know, the whole Absolutely. Right so, yeah, I think she has three now. Yeah. She was expecting, I think, her third last I heard. So Yeah, awesome. Yeah. So Jerry in the chat room is asking, would a sea pen be set up for her in somewhere where L-Pod could communicate with her or J-Pod? I mean, it's JK and L-Pods are all, they all have the same calls. Do they? I think they do, don't they? Right. No, L-Pod has their own family song, much like we do here at um, Lactamish, you know, here in the Salish Sea, we each, each family has their own specific song and so it's the same with Quathomachin. The L pod song is a little different than the J pod and the K pod and so on and so forth. But they're extended relations, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. You know, from yes. the same community. And so we believe that she still remembers and would remember uh her family song, her L-Pod song. Right. So yes. would, would the C-Pan be somewhere where, and I, and I, their, their sound travels for miles underneath the, underneath the waves. About so, 10 miles underwater. So, you know, even, and I, and I'm not going to say it on air, but I do know where they're looking at for the C-Pan, which is typically most of the time out of the way of that bunch of whales, but they do go over there occasionally, but I'm, they're thinking that they can maybe hear them anyway. Is that what you're thinking? Mm. Well, what, um, what I can share is the Sacred Lands Conservancy on sacredsea.org. We have a animated diagram of what a sea pen could look like for her, what the dimensions would be, the acoustics would be for her. So if you wanted to learn a little more about what her home, her lummy talk, her lummy home would look like, you can check it out on our website. Awesome. We will do that. And that's on sacredsea.org, I guess. Yes, ma'am. Okay. Awesome. 
So let's go there. Um, so, wow. I just, I don't even know what question to ask, Heidi. Do you, there's a lot, there's so much going on in the chat room. I'm trying to keep up. Well, I'm having a hard time. There's a, there was a question that I'll, I'll direct to the website. So in case people aren't in the chat room, the question was how would they move her and how long would it take? And um, Annette posted a website, sacredc.org. And there's a ton of information because we're not going to be able to get to all these questions yeah, tonight. Unfortunately. So if, if people want to go to that website and check it out, there's a lot of good information there that's going to talk about all of the things that we're talking about here yes. um, because we just won't have the time to ask all these questions and get these wonderful answers uh, tonight. But we might have to have a part two on this show. I think so. I think so. Maybe in a month or two when there's a little more information out there, we yeah. can have another show and have you guys back and and kind of come back to where we left off. <laughs> it's just going by way too fast. But so, Howard, how are how is Alpod JK and Alpod doing right now? I know there's new babies. There's a new baby this year with JPod, and you know there are you know several babies. Right. Um, well, we haven't actually gotten a good look at Alpod since January twentieth. They have been out to sea. There was a, a sort of an indirect report a, a few days ago from the west side of Vancouver Island. So, in other words, basically the the shores of the Pacific. Uh, they just have not been in the inland waters at all since January, and that was a, a brief visit. Uh, so, uh, we really don't have any up to date information. You know, I, I just. I hope and I trust that they are finding enough to eat out there. Mm -hmm. The salmon that are, you know, migrating back to their their uh, their home rivers. Uh, so uh, mainly up the Columbia River. Uh, so you know, I, I I think they're doing well, <laughs> but yeah. uh, it's pretty much a matter of faith. Uh, there were no indications in January that there uh, were any major problems that I recall. So, you know, I think they're doing fine, but they're just out of sight. Yeah, which is kind of normal, Howard, isn't it, yeah. at this time of year? You know? Well, it's kind of the new normal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, back in the 90s, uh, in April and May, uh, J-Pod and then K-Pod and then L-Pod would come in mm-hmm. and and uh, do, a, you know, a regular kind of a, a circuit, you know, a pattern around the San Juan Islands. They used to, back in the 80s, early 80s, they would uh, almost every day in the summer go into Puget Sound and back out. Uh, But, you know, when the salmon disappeared from down there, they they quit that part, and now they don't come even in around the San Juans that much. Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, We have a question, and the question is, who exactly is officially part of Friends of Lolita? It's a five-person board, and it's led by Pranam Singh, Dr. Roger Payne, Dr. Diana Reese, Charles Vinick, and myself, Skila Hala. Good. Good. Awesome. And you had talked about that board at the beginning of the show, I believe. So, Mm -hmm. Yes. Perfect. But they can follow the um, current work and some of our tribal ceremonies on sacred.org. We just had a, a water ceremony for Skelly Chaktanat. Um, so I think the listeners, if they were to check the website out, they would find a whole host of ceremony videos, uh, press releases, letters they'll be able to sign up and subscribe and track our work. Good, good. So what my question for you too is we have about three minutes left. What can everyone do to help in this effort to bring Tokate back home? Well, I, I would say learn and pray. Yeah. <laughs> learn all you can about and about the, the whole situation, the whole the history, and 
and you know where we are now and and keep up to date there are a lot of facebook pages and websites um that you know you can find good information um and uh keep your your thoughts and prayers and and you know your intentions good and and have some faith in in her um <laughs> uh, to to know what to do and to and I think she has been for fifty two years almost. Yes. She has yes. kept herself in good shape and that is against all odds. I mean orcas are very robust. You know, they're very strong from, from birth and and very well developed. You know, they're they're so adaptable and and they heal so fast and, and they're just, you know, very, very highly evolved. But a lot of them just don't make it in captivity. They they succumb one way or another. They lose it. But but she has not. She has maintained her strength and her spirit and her courage. Uh, and and she's just so so gracious too. I mean, because she reaches out almost. I mean, she she recognizes a trusting person and goes to them. You know. I mean, so. I I I think we can have a lot of faith in her and in everyone and in forces beyond. Yes, I love that. I would just like to add that um, the Lactimus people were very prayerful. We're very connected to our ancestors in carrying out the work, and would just ask that those that are so moved to pray regularly for her to have hope and to have belief and to focus on being healthy and strong, that she can let go and take care of herself. We're holding her up. We've got her. She can use that energy to heal and get stronger and stronger. Aishka Thank you. Aishka Renell. Thank you guys so much. And we will have you back on. If you'll come back on, um, we'll schedule something in the next month or two. I will get a hold of you. But thank you so much for coming on. And all of you listening, thank you for taking time out to listen to the story of Tokatai and everyone send your prayers thank you to the troops listening i understand there are many of you thank you for your service and please be safe everybody in the chat room thank you so much i'm sorry we didn't get to all your questions tonight but lots of good conversations thank you so much for being here and yes like steph said everyone out there listening wherever you are thank you so much for tuning into our show we're gonna have to do a part two in a month or so uh, because there's been so many questions and so many uh awesome you know, ideas and thoughts, and uh, we'd love to revisit. And thank you, Para X, for hosting our show once again this week. We love being here. And Sarge, our most amazing producer, you got a workout tonight with all the tech stuff. Thank you so much for getting us on the air, and we'll look forward to being back next week. Thanks, everyone. Hi, Scott.